Hey family, it's Coach Josh here again with another daily play. And today's daily play video is coming from a set of videos um, that I'm doing in light of my newest book, my seventh book, Counterfeiter Counterpart, How to Continuously Discern the Difference in Every Area of Life. And this book, I believe, is going to be a benefit for you. And if you see fit uh, that it would be a tool or a resource for you, make sure you go check it out on Amazon Day. But today's video, from these set of videos from my book, we're going to be talking about in greater detail of what is a counterfeit. Again, what is a counterfeit? Before we get into this video, let me first welcome those who's their very first time watching. If this is your very first time, man, and after watching this video, you like the vibe, you like what I'm talking, you like the way um, God is using me to um, to deliver these videos, make sure you go ahead and subscribe. Be a part of, of my family and community here online because I would love to walk with you as we walk together in following Christ. But for those who's been watching for a mighty long time, from 12 years ago when I started, maybe two years ago, or even 20 minutes ago that you've been a subscriber i want to say thank you for being a part of my community here online i hope that you continuously learn um, for what god is is pouring out of me and from anchored and rooted in scripture and i hope it continues to edify you encourage you and even rebuke and even challenge you um to walk this walk like he desires for us to so let's get right into my points like i said today we're going to be talking about what is a counterfeit we're going to get very very detailed we're going to go through um all the 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 parts of this so that you can better understand what exactly or what could you be looking at at the moment but let's get right into the definition of a counterfeit i have a lot of points i probably won't show too much from the book a lot of these are little snippets from the book but we're going to go through it thoroughly so that we can get a or gain a better understanding of what a counterfeit is but the definition of a counterfeit is a, a thing that it, or a person that is made in exact imitation of something valuable or important with the intentions to deceive or defraud. A counterfeit is a fraudulent imitation of something else. Another definition that you can put that came from my book is a counterfeit is a fraudulent imitation of something valuable and important. It is a fraudulent item or individual that is being forced to fit where it wasn't created to belong. Nothing with God is forced. Everything with him flows. Or in other words, if you have to force it to fit, it's a counterfeit. Everything with God flows. Nothing with God is forced. Anything that is trying to force itself into your life or you are trying to force it into your life is a counterfeit. See, the enemy wants to create fraudulent imitations of things that are as close to God's counterparts as possible. And what we have to understand is that we got to understand our order of value. We have to understand what's really important in life. Let's get into some more points. Let's first start with the first part of the definition, which is made an exact imitation of something valuable or important. Let's look at the first word made. Everything in your life was made with a motive to produce a particular movement. Everything in life was made from a motive with the intention to produce a particular movement. Everything that's presented in your life right now was made. I said in my book, not everything that, that came into your life was particularly made by God or made by Satan, but everything that you welcome into your life will be used. The Bible says they that um, love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, things work out for their good. So what I'm saying is God doesn't necessarily bring um, the issues of life or things like that. We may have welcomed them, but God can still turn those things around for our good. 
The enemy does the same thing, but in the opposite, he may not have brought that man into your life. He may not particularly sent that individual in your life, but he can use that not for your good. So a counterfeit is a made thing that will it was either sent into your life or will be used in your life with a particular motive, which will then lead you to produce a particular movement. See, everything is after your behavior because behaviors are contagious. Behaviors are very influential. We are what we have seen done. You see what I'm saying? We are what we have seen done. And so what happens is if I can get bad behaviors in a home, a child will naturally without the proper structures and since their minds have not been developed enough or hasn't welcomed salvation or understands the tenets of salvation or Christendom, then that individual will then begin to mimic those behaviors either in the home or in the streets or within amongst their friends. Behaviors are very contagious. And if you're not aware of that, I mean, you could be in an atmosphere or an environment where, where you are soaking in bad motives, bad um, behaviors that will produce movements that would then have another series of effects on those watching your life. Everything in your life may not have been made particularly for you, but 95% of the things are. That 5% are those things that will be used for your detriment or for your success. Let's keep going. Next point. Satan makes things as close to God's parts as possible. Satan's main tool is deception. Deception only works when its appearance is similar to the truth it opposes. The enemy cannot tackle you down. The enemy can't get you buckled down under cycles of addictions, cycles of oppressions, if his counterfeit doesn't match as close as possible to what God has already made for you. And most people fall into the traps of counterfeits because they are already in fits. They're already upset with life. They already hate themselves and hate what's going on. So the enemy then utilized that negative emotion to make an individual, to make an opportunity, to make an influence that's going to lean more towards that boiling lust inside of you, that boiling desire that's not rooted in your dependency in God. He will then make it in comparison to that because God always uh, 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 has a replacement to what you feel is deplenished in your life because he is that. But what the enemy does, he says, since you don't know that you really need God, I'm going to try to make you think that you're a God of your life, mature enough to make your own decisions. And since I can put you in a decision making seat and not in the acknowledging God seat, that I can bring something knowing that you have a greater chance of connecting to it because you're desiring it. But deep in the depths of your soul, you're really desiring God because God is wanting us to know that he is more than enough despite what's not there. That's why I tell people not to rush and, and welcome everyone in the positions of their life. Because when you welcome people in the positions of your life, you're forgetting that God is all encompassing, that no matter what vacancies you have in your life, he fills that up. But if you're distracted and your vision is not clear, you will think that God is not present, but God has em embodied and in, in and enlarged in that area, but you don't recognize it. So the enemy wants you to build these counterfeit desires, these counterfeit emotions that lures you to be more susceptible to grabbing a hold of his counterfeit. So it says Satan makes things as close to God's parts as possible. Satan's main tool is deception. 
Deception only works when its appearance is similar to the truth it opposes. He makes things with a subtle difference, hear me closely, that most people can't recognize. He makes things with a subtle difference. That man that's in front of you right now, that woman that's in front of you right now, that counterfeit situation, that counterfeit inv individual, there's a, there's a, how can I put it, a, a, a subtle difference. The enemy is not going to bring a counterfeit with horns and pinch force in a red suit. He's going to bring his counterfeits looking clean in the beginning, talking clean in the beginning, but inside they have ill motives towards you. Let's keep going. Most people are not close enough to God to spot the differences. When you look at the Federal Reserve, those who make the money, the people who are a part of the investigation of counterfeits, they don't keep looking at the counterfeits. Why? Because counterfeits change every day. The one thing that doesn't change is the real $100 bill, the real $50 bill, the real 20, 10, 5, or 1. So what they do, they spend the bulk of their time, 99% of their time, studying the counterpart, studying the original. Because if they continuously try to witch hunt the counterfeits or try to study the counterfeits, counterfeits always change. But if you know God, and you close to him and you study him and you embrace him and you become familiar with him through fellowship and having your foot rooted in the word of God, then you will be able to spot counterfeits. But because we are, are far from God and because we utter from our lips this adoration that we have from God, but God who sees everything knows that our hearts are far from him. The enemy knows that, that all of we doing is lip service, but don't have a life of service. So he knows that a lot of people exude out of their mouth a close to God, but are thousands of miles away from him. And so what most people fail to realize, they, they are so enamored by counterfeits more so than they are in awe of God. But when you are close to God and you know God's character, you know God's attributes, you know how God moves in these streets and you know how he is in every uh, area of life, you'll spot a counterfeit. But when your Bible collects dust and your heart got spider webs, how are you going to be able to recognize a counterfeit? You're going to end up in Satan's web. Most people are not close enough to God to spot the difference. So the enemy knows I'm not going to do a drastic distance that, that everyone, just about everyone will recognize, whether babe or mature. I'm going to do a subtle difference. I'm going to let you watch him in church and he's got his arms raised. You're going to look at her and she's someone she got her life together. But under her heart is daddy issues. Under his heart is lust. The opportunity is going to look great, but you don't know there's a pyramid scheme. It looks great. It, it leans towards, it talks financial uh, stewardship. It talks generational wealth, but rooted inside of it is compromise and greed. All he wants is to angle his alternatives in, in, in what you are desiring the most. Let's keep going. God is not making new items and individuals for your life. Hear me closely. They have already been made. They are just waiting for their timely release. Satan knows this and wants to occupy your time with influences that will lure your free will from fellowshipping with God and fulfilling your purpose to being face to face with his counterfeits. That's what he wants. 
He knows that God has already made your husband, has already made your wife, has already made the position. The word of God says that before the foundation was laid, Christ was slain, meaning that all the plans of God are yes and amen. All the plans of God are already established. The Bible says many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the purpose of the Lord that, that prevails. Purpose has already been done. So God is not in the process of making new things. Those things are already made. And if you know that Satan knows God's character more than you know, then he already knows that God has already made a way for her. But what I got to do is make her go the broad way. God has already made a way for him. But I'm going to try to put as many potholes and detours and exits on his highway, on her highway to try to get her off the road or him off the road. When you know that God has already made the things, things have already been established, then you will say, God, I trust you and I'm going to flow with you. God is not making new items and individuals for your life. They have already been made. They are just waiting for their timely release. That's why I love the scripture that says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. No day is made the same, my friend. So what happens, we focus so much on tomorrow that we miss the uniqueness of our day. The Bible says, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made. This day made for me and this day made for you. Whether it's you watching this video years from now, weeks from now, months from now. Your day, the sun may have rose the same. The sun may have set it the same. But the day wasn't made the same for us. So God says every day, know that I've made it uniquely for you. And I want you to rejoice that you actually have a day to be a part of and be glad in it. Because when you're glad in it and not sad in it, you will see the hidden things that were made for you for today that will set you up for the things that was made for you tomorrow, which then will set you up with things that was made for you the week later. But if you are sad in it and you have no joy about it and you don't know that God made you or made that day for you, then you will constantly miss the obvious counterparts, the obvious pieces that God wants to put in your life. Counterfeit ideologies will produce counterfeit emotions and counterfeit emotions will produce counterfeit moves. And then when you make these counterfeit moves, then you will be susceptible of receiving counterfeits. And then you are in counterfeit cycles and not in cycles of promises that God promises to his people. Satan knows this and wants to occupy your time with influences that will lure your free will. See, Satan can't make you do nothing, but he will lure your free will. He will entice your free will. He will lure your free will away from fellowshipping with God and fulfilling your purpose into being face to face with his counterfeits. Those two things will keep you focused. Fellowshipping with the Father. And fulfilling your purpose will keep you too distracted from the devil's distractions. But if you don't fellowship with God and you have no idea of your purpose, you will find those counterfeits made in an exact imitation, a fraudulent imitation, because you haven't been fully founded in God. Fraudulent things are, listen to me closely, fraudulent things are made quicker and are made of weaker material. You either get what you paid for or you get what Christ paid for. That's powerful. Fraudulent things are made quicker. 
Fraudulent marriages are made quicker. Fraudulent relationships are made quicker. Fraudulent opportunities are made quicker and of weaker material. That's why it only people will get into it and it feels solid in the beginning. Wow, this is holding me up. We're good together. Wow, this is great. I love this job. I love this man. I love this woman. But that person hasn't been made whole in God. That wasn't God's durable part for you. See, the parts that God makes for you are durable. We'll talk about that next week or next video. But they will hold you for a moment. But when the pressures of life sits on the both of y'all, you wonder why the relationship caves because it was made out of counterfeit materials. You either get what you paid for or what Christ paid for. I only want the parts in my life that Christ's blood paid for me to have. But when you get so caught up on I got to have it versus God, should I have it? Then when you get it, you will be caught in a moment of intoxication, of flattery and, and excitement because it feels good. That's why you can't go by feelings. You got to go by facts. It feels great. But in a matter of months, in a matter of years, that thing caves in because it was made of weaker material. Fraudulent things are made quicker and are made of weaker material. You either get what you paid for or get what Christ paid for. Let's get to the second part of that definition. It says... A counterfeit is made an exact imitation of something valuable or important. Let's look at the words valuable and important. This is the this is the issue a lot of people have. They don't know value. They don't know orders of importance. Let's talk about perceived value versus primary value. God cares about how you see what you see, my friend. He cares about how you see marriage. He cares about how you see manhood. He cares about how you see womanhood. He cares about how you see money. He cares about how you see everything because the primary value of thing, if you perceive it in its primary value, then you will prepare it in accordance. But if you have a carnal perceived value of it, and there's many perceived values of marriage, many out there in the world perceived values of manhood. There's, you can find, uh, you can create your own perceived value of a thing. And that's why they're trying to get rid of the Bible. If I can get rid of the standard, then I can have people have subsidiary standards that won't hold up in eternal courts. So what happens is the enemy wants you to have a perceived value that stems from parenting, that stems from pressure, that stems from social media, that stems from peers and friends, that stems from influencers, that stems from preachers. So what he does is, how can I get people's mind controlled and dictate how they perceive the valuable things of God? That's why the Bible says marriage must be held in honor. Manhood must be held in honor. Womanhood must be held in honor. All the key things must be held in honor. The only one who knows how a thing should be fully perceived is God. God holds the definition of everything. And when you lose sight of that, then you will start defining things who defines the price of sugar? Who defines the price of metal? Who defines the price of X, Y, and Z? It's people who sees the value it is amongst the people. When it begins to lose value or gains value, the price goes up. But God's saying man cannot determine the price of a thing. You gotta seek me. See, you can men can men and women can determine the price of salt, sugar, and minerals, but when it comes to materials of the heart. God knows the, the, the ultimate price of that, which is priceless. Marriage is priceless. Anything a soul engages in, you must find out its value from God. 
But what happens, the reason why people choose counterfeits is because the enemy has worked on through selective demons that has been associated to people's lives, systems that has been built to garner and control certain communities. That's why you see in certain Latin communities and subsidiary Latin communities, different perceived values of things. You go into African-American communities, you have a overarching um, stereotypical perceived value that most people view that that community values things. And then there's also subsidiary sections of that community that has their own perceived value. You have white people that have an overarching stereotypical perceived value that how we look at them. And then even up under them, the subsidiary um, communities of that group, they all have perceived values. So there's governed spiritual bodies that works on stereotypes. And most people confuse racism with stereotypes. Racism is real, but I think what we're most Mostly and uh, in, 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 engaged in is more of stereotypical things, more so than racism thing. Don't get me wrong. Racism is alive, but stereotypes are the more overarching thing. Because now if I can create stereotypes, I can cause uh, wedges in between communities. And so what happens then, you got all these different communities perceiving each other differently. And even within their own community, perceiving each other differently and perceiving the world differently. Governing by these principalities that wants these people to think this way so that they can devalue what God holds valuable. Right? But when you understand that God has a primary value on everything, that he has the exact value of that thing, then a person who is close enough to God will say, this is not how God values it. God values it more. And you're going to feel resistance anytime you value God's things the way God wants you to value them because the world wants to cut corners. The world wants to compromise. You can't compromise in marriage and gain the prize. You can't compromise in singleness and gain the prize. You can't compromise in life and gain the prize. You see what I'm saying? So what we have to understand is, or what we all got to think about, how do I perceive manhood? What is the primary value of manhood? What is the primary value of womanhood? What is the primary value? Because the more I understand how God values it, that I will actually reap a, a value in it. See, the enemy tricks people by making them think, oh, I can, I can cheat on my wife. I can cheat on my husband. I can cut corners at the job. I can cut corners in my marriage. I can cut corners in my singleness. And then what happens is you gain immediate value in doing so that is more tailored to your lust. So you feel like you're getting away from it, but you're not because silently you develop in a stronghold connection to it. And in time, you're going to find yourself in a cycle of confusion, a cycle of addiction, but those who do the thing that God does things how God wants them to be done, watch their life. A lot of people talked about me about my virginity. A lot of people had a lot to say about my virginity when I was in high school. But but because I did it the right way, and I'm not trying to say make an idol of me. I'm not saying well, I'm not sitting or saying that. But I've learned. I've learned by doing things the right way, you get the right things. You can't get the right thing doing the wrong thing. If you stop the wrong thing and you repent from it, then everything could be turned around for your good. So I'm not sitting there saying that my storyline is better than yours. If you repent right now of your sin and confess it and receive salvation and go forward in the fullness of the spirit, then, then things will turn around for you. The Bible says um, things turn around for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. If you genuinely love God and you're called according to his purpose, you will naturally see things turn around for your good. 
But what I'm trying to say is, is that a lot of people talked a lot of junk about that. But when I came out on the other side, even though it may have taken me 13 or 14 years to get married or etc., but I came out blessed. While if I look at some of their timelines, they came out stressed. You see what I'm saying? So what I'm trying to advocate to everyone out there is find the primary value of how a thing is supposed to be done so that you can have patterns of value that will then produce value back into you. The next point is order of importance. The reason why people settle for counterfeits is because they have a bad sense of order of importance. They don't have a right understanding of importance. I learned this the hard way, my friend. Like when I was getting married, about to get married, according to my wife, one of the things that God had to work on me on was the order of importance. He was letting me know. And through the through the uh, 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 communication with my then girlfriend, a uh, fiance and now wife was Josh, you're kind of making you kind of making ministry number one. And what God set me down and did in my heart was he put things in order. He said, Josh, your ministry to me is number one. He says, number two, your ministry to yourself is number two. He said, number three, your ministry to your family is number three. And then your ministry to others is number four. What is the order? Ministry to God helps me minister to myself. And in minister to myself, I become my best self to minister to my wife and family. And when I minister to my family, then it will put me in a better position of joy and excitement and, and proper ambition to properly minister to others. But when that order is out of order and God's number four and family's number five and, and this side girl is number one or two or three and the order is all, all over the place, then how can I really be a discerning, a discerner of what's the will of God in my life? If I'm if the things in my life is out of order, it's a reflection that something on the inside is out of order. See, the order of your insides must be this. The embodied spirit of God, which embodies your spirit, man then floods based upon your uh, cooperation and your allowance of the sanctification process allows from the spirit that has been sealed in your spirit fully, then floods into your soul and through the uh, opening of the doors by the Holy Spirit leads you to repentance and that repentance leads to the release of those hidden things in your heart and the Holy Spirit then fills those areas which then leads into a healthy body and, and a stable body, a body of rest and not a body of stress. But when your spirit man is either darkened or your spirit man or your soul or you are not allowing the spirit of God to exude in your soul, then you're not going to be in a place of rest. Health comes from rest. Death comes from stress. So the body lets you know if your if your is your insides is out of order. And then it leads to the disorder outside of your life. But when you make God number one and you make self-care number two and you make care of family number three, my friend, everything else under your care will prosper. Now, the second part of the definition, I'm going 27 minutes. Let me get let me get through. It says with the intention, with the intention, it says a counterfeit has the intention to deceive or defraud. Satan, his system and his servants will never have good intentions for you. But if you don't have if you don't know God's intentions for you and you don't have good intentions of yourself, then you will welcome the, the poor intentions of the enemy into your life. The enemy is always going to come through the angle of love and the angle of belonging. The three B's. You've heard of this. In order to get you to have a certain sect of behaviors, 
I got to affect your beliefs. In order for me to affect your beliefs, I got to determine where you belong. And since many people are longing to belong, that longing to belong away from where God is would then lead you into belonging to groups that will affect your beliefs. And as they affect your beliefs, then you will behave accordingly. The question I have to ask you is, where, what groups do you belong to? Have you audited your beliefs? Have you examined your behaviors? Because those who are settling God and belong to him, their beliefs change. Oh, that's how a man should carry himself. Oh, that's how a wife should carry herself. Oh, this makes sense now. And then your behaviors change. Because when you understand the fruits of the spirit, that love produces joy. Joy produces peace. Peace produces patience. Patience produces kindness. Kindness produces um. Um, goodness. Goodness produces gentleness, faithfulness. Faithfulness produces gentleness. Gentleness produces self-control. When you understand that self-control is only seen on the external. But if love is not working in your life, if joy hasn't been your set disposition, if peace hasn't been your environment, if patience hasn't been the, the, been the way you carry yourself, if, if uh, what's after patience? Um, if kindness is not your uh, number one temperament and, and faithfulness is not in your life and gentleness and all that stuff, then you won't be self-controlled. Your behaviors will be all over the place. But when you belong to love, because love, capital L, is God, then you will start seeing all those things fall in place in your life. Satan never has good intentions for you, my friend. And so you got to audit your counterfeits because you got to know that it's very subtle. It's subtle differences. Last but not least, my final thought is this. Nothing with God is forced. Everything with him flows. If you're forcing it or it's forcing itself into your life, it's a counterfeit. I'm telling you, my friend, you have to understand that the things that are being made for you is either for your betterment or your detriment. I hope this video was a blessing. We'll talk more about these counterfeit points a little later in other videos as we talk about counterfeit ambitions, counterfeit relationships, counterfeit friendships. We're going to talk about all the different counterfeits. I think I have 18 things in my book where I talk about the different types of counterfeits. And we're going to talk more, pull from this definition and, and process that way. A lot of activities are in my book from these. So if you haven't gotten the book already and get it when you when you when you are able to get it. I'm not trying to press you to get the book, but the activities are there for those who do have it. Go to the section of the book and really answer the questions, really examine your values, really examine your order of importance and move accordingly. My friend coach loves you. Hope you all enjoy this video. Share it. Get it out there. And I pray it's a blessing to you and got you thinking and got you examining. I love you. I'll see you all next time.